Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast, where we explore the diverse set of skills that can be applied across various industries and professions. Each episode will deep dive into the world of transferable skills, discussing topics like communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and more. Join us as we speak with experts in different fields and share stories of individuals who have successfully transferred their skills from one industry to another. Whether you're a recent grad, a mid-career professional, or someone looking to make a career change, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's discover how you can leverage your existing skills to excel in any industry. Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. Today, I have a special guest. And I know I say that every single thing. Because in my podcast, in our podcast, it is all about my guests and their journey and what kind of transferable skills and added value conversations we can come up today. Today, I want to introduce you to Paula. Paula, introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Leland. So I'm Paula Yoles, and I help women end emotional eating. But I used to be an elementary school teacher for 26 years. And towards the end of that journey, I started my business. And I had to kind of navigate how to transition from one job where I was working with children in person to then working online helping women. So it's been a journey. Awesome. I was going to ask you too, like, hey, talk to me about like the past reflection, 20 years of your life. What has happened that made you say, you know what, I'm going to transition and pivot something else on something that I'm really passionate about because I have a lot of listeners thinking about changing, you know, transitioning careers, but it's a scary thing to do, right? Yeah, it is scary. So I, um, and there's actually 26 years, so it's literally half my life at that time. So, um, and I say I grew, the school's first year was my first year teaching, so like I grew up as the school grew up. So, and it, it was a big leap of faith. I had wanted to leave for a while because things were just changing with all the changes that have been going on in education around curriculum getting stricter, the man, like less time for kids to be kids in school, less time for recess, less time for eating, just to kind of be human. It puts stress on the whole system, and that means it comes onto the teachers too. So, and you know, and parents are stressed, and so the interaction with parents can be stressful, not with every parent. And administration things got stressful for them and they're having to prove the school you know through scores more and it just all trickles down and feels so it just wasn't feeling aligned for me anymore I just was like I used to it used to be like sparkly <laughs> I would say to go to school and I still loved working with children and I really loved my colleagues but a lot of the constant stress all the time just not allowed to be sort of human on the, you know like when you're working with humans especially when you're in a classroom with anywhere from 15 to 25 ish you know children things happen like they're going to have social interactions that are not and you have to help them 
but you're stressing like, oh God, if I take the, you know, five to 10 minutes to help them with their social skills, which is really important, but then I'm going to be behind on math. Like that's not okay environment. Um, and so it just started getting more and more. And then honestly, and I had started my business, um, in my last five years and was doing it nights and weekends. So it's more like a hobby in some ways, but I was really, but it was my passion. It was lit me up that I would go home and do it in nights and weekends in addition to being a mom. And then the pandemic happened and talk about like, stress for teachers yeah. <laughs> like, like my last two years were my hardest years like that's I was just so drained and it was it was really the tipping point it really just sort of gave me that shove to be like take the leap like now do it and um and I know that there's some teachers out there who I, I mean I the educators you know, who are teaching through the pandemic and other first-line responders. It's like, it was crazy, and you taught through it, and you kept going, so you're probably still burnt out down to the bottom, like as crisp as can be. So, you know, if there's a way to figure out how to somehow financially be able to do it or get a part-time job doing something else and going after your passion that you really want to do so that, you're not waking up being like, oh, I have to go to school. Because the truth is you probably still really like working with a lot of the kids. I mean, there's always every year some kids that it's, it can be challenging, but it's more about the whole system. So it's just, it's draining and zapping and it didn't used to be that way. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because I think I see a lot of like, right, it's all on the news, it's on LinkedIn, where people, teachers specifically in that industry, are just saying, enough is enough, I'm done, right? And I mean, Virginia went through where if the parents speak up, or the teachers speak up, they're labeled a certain way. And it's like, why? We're just really fighting for our children, right? Because these children are going to be the future judges, the future politicians, the future president of our country, the future CEO. Shouldn't they know what's, you know, what's going on and also be educated on what should be they're thinking about, right? What should they think about? Not worry about, like, like you said, five minute recess, and then we have to have grading in between. And then we have, you know, there's a lot that we do. And I wanted to pivot and talk about transferable skills that since you mentioned that, um, we had a sideline conversation before we recorded. And I want to, to all my teachers out there, whether you're K to 12 or higher ed, it's kind of the same process when it comes to classroom management, right? It's really that. And sometimes, most of the time, we don't have support, um, especially if it's online or on ground, really. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts. What have you found from teaching K to 12 transferable skills that you can use and utilize for your business? Well, the biggest thing is uh, connection because you know as an educator that your students can't learn unless they have or aren't as receptive to learning unless they actually have a relationship and connection with you. They have to feel that safety and that connection and that's a big piece of business is your potential clients need to know and feel 
connected and then you're going to keep them safe as they're going on whatever journey it is they're going on with you whether they're you know doing like what I'm doing helping women and emotional eating like those women need to know like we're working on their emotions like I have they have to know before they say yes to working with you and whatever your business is they have to have that connection so that's one however you already know how to connect with your students transfers into your business with that connecting the other thing is as teachers we have to be really good at developing curriculum and individualizing it based on different learning styles well your clients are all different even though they're adults it's the same thing like some of my clients come to me and they want to get off sugar and other and but there could be 20 different ways to do that and some of my clients come to me and they emotionally we work on stuff releasing it from the childhood but again like there's 20 different ways into doing that and so i have to feel out and figure out what's the best with in conjunction with my client and that's the same when you're teaching your students in the classroom or you know or maybe it's online no matter whether it's k to you know college you have to figure out what will support them and how can they do that that's true that that is so true like you know management customizing and i'm also glad i want to talk about the learning style because i believe and you can tell me this when you when you you know as a teacher and also as a business owner some teachers don't pay attention to the kids learning style because as teachers we we also have our own learning style right and so when we teach most of us not all of us most of us teach one way because that's how we are taught and then you figure things out in the middle of your career you're like okay maybe i should pivot in this one and try something new but sometimes it doesn't feel right because it is not our like our neutral per se right like our comfort zone so we do that and some teachers don't know what the kids learning styles are So how do you actually say, I got 25 children. They are different personality, obviously. Some are energetic. Some are just crybabies sometimes. They a lot happening in their their own lives, right? And they bring it to school. How do you make them say, okay, we're going to learn today about whatever subject, math, it could be science, and pay attention to their learning style. How do you navigate through that? Well, it... I, I think you hit it right on the dot, Dr. Leland. Like at the beginning, you sort of don't because you're just learning yourself and you might, you know, for me, I actually struggled as a learner growing up. So I think in some ways for me, like I had to learn how to navigate and expand my learning styles some growing up so that I could become, I actually, by the time I hit college I loved learning um but as a teacher you're slowly building that skill of figuring that out so either you're reading books or you're watching other colleagues or you know you can take courses and you just you're like that's what I did I basically was like okay college didn't really prepare me for the reality of the classroom you know Um, When I went, I actually got to do a lot of internships before I graduated, which is great now. It's pretty much like one year in and out, but that's the best learning. So I learned a lot through that modeling. 
But each year, from the beginning of my teaching career, I was like, okay, this year I'm focusing on reading. And so I would really like hone in on reading and find, like, take a course. Uh, you know, ask my principal if I could take a course or I'd read some books or kind of go watch some of my colleagues. So then I would just test it out and try it and see what works with which kids. And as the years went on, I always feel like it takes three to five years to really master teaching the same, you know, something over and over. And that's what I feel like in my business. Like, I actually feel really glad that I had those first five years while I was teaching elementary school because I was slowly building my business. I was slowly figuring out, like, I changed the direction of my niche. And, you know, so it's with more aligned for me, I learned more coaching skills and, you know, and so it just sort of overlaps in that way. You know, I don't know that I can clearly articulate how you figure out for each individual student student because it's experiential. Yeah. But, you know, but I think it's the being like, okay, I'm going to take on something. And I, I think what happens is a lot of teachers is like, I'm going to try to like get better at everything all at once. And that's set up for failure. Yeah, that's overwhelming. I want to touch on so beautifully on a couple of things that you want you actually talked about, which is, you know, learning experiential learning, because I always put that in there because I have a lot of students who are military and they're already like 20, 30 years in the Navy, you know, like, what are you going to learn on leadership? chain of command, you already do that all day, all night. But what I've actually seen that's actually working is testing the students of their own learning style in the class. Because mm-hmm. literally, it's a combination of a lot of things. But the three basic ones are auditory, right, visual, and mm-hmm. kinesthetic. So right. if I get to know exactly what they are, even as a college student, uh, I mean, as a college teacher and a college student, you kind of need to know, like, what is there for student engagement, right? Because sometimes right. when you're doing text, 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 and you have a visual learner, they're going to have C's and F's in that class because they're like, oh, I can't do this text business, right? And yeah. if you're going to do video, 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 and the text people in auditory, they're like, Oh, too much video, right? But at least a video will have auditory. So I think for me, I have learned that I do do a combination of text and then I'll somehow put the video because the video already has auditory on it. And then I tell them, okay, take notes because I know there's a kinesthetic learner in there. I'm one of them. I don't read, like if I buy anything and my husband hates it, if I buy anything, I don't, I throw away the, especially Ikea. Yeah. And then I put, and then my was like, you know, that leg is upside down. I'm like, oh yeah, huh? that's why it's like wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it on. I'm like, oh yeah, that's on the left. But, but that's how my life is. I feel like, like I test things. Oh, it doesn't work. Okay. Let's do it this way because I don't see things. If it doesn't work as a failure, I see it as the different way of looking at things, just like anything in life. Because I think yes. if you're so rigid, like good or bad, failure or success, that's set up for failure period in your self-confidence. I can't do that, right? And so I'm glad yeah. you did that. So I want to pivot a little bit on 
your business. So now you're, you know, a teacher and you're like, oh, pandemic, too much going on. I can't handle this. I'm going to pursue and make time and be intentional on creating my business for me because I'm passionate about helping others. How did you say what transferable skills am I doing in my business? Like, how did you find your customers? So, well, it's, it's been, that's been a journey too of trying different things. Right. And because again, I think it connects in with sort of with learning style. It's like building a business. You have to find which style of finding customers work for you. And that might actually change over time too. So, um, so I have a Facebook group. And so, you know, people, women have been coming in through there, but mostly through connections is what I discovered. I ran Facebook ads for a while and that brought women in, but I still have to build a connection with them. Like just because they saw my ad and they're like, oh yeah, I'm an emotional eater. I'm going to join the, (laughs) you know, that group. It doesn't mean they know me or trust me or, you know, so I have to still make that personal connection. And so, and, but I was like, I don't really feel aligned with Facebook ads. It just doesn't feel a good match for me. So um, I'm doing, you know, through connection and referral and I'm going to um, different like coffee chats or social hours with other entrepreneurs and, and podcast connections and things like that. So doing what lights me up and makes me feel good. But again, it's all based on the relationship and connection. So um, that's the piece where I'm learning and understanding more. And that's the skill from the classroom. Like, oh, yeah, every year, the first two weeks of the year, I really, oh, actually six weeks, really, but strongly the first two weeks, it's all about making the connection and the safety. And so that's the same thing. Like if somebody new comes into my world, or I'm in their world, it's like, how can I make connection? And then the other piece is storytelling, right? So the elementary school teacher, especially I taught second and third grade, so I taught the younger grades, we get to read stories all the time, talk about stories, write stories, right? Well, storytelling is human connection. We love hearing stories. It makes us relate to each other. And so I I realized it's like, Oh, I know how to do storytelling. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really good at that, you know? So, like, when I was doing writing with my second and third graders, I had to model writing about your life, you know, because we'd write about our own lives. So it's like, oh, so I'm just doing that in my business, but instead of, like, talking about, like, when I burnt a piece of toast, <laughs> that's a fun story to a second and third grader, you know, I'm talking about my story and journey with ending emotional eating so that my potential clients could be like, oh yeah, she totally gets me and understands me. So, you know, if you're elementary school teacher and middle school teachers, I think also do, you know, depending on your subject area, you're doing storytelling. Yeah. I, 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 uh, taught K to 12 for a little bit and literally all subjects. Um, 
And my favorite definitely is about storytelling and modeling, right? With I use TPR a lot because um, I was teaching Chinese students English, and so they need to like see because you know English is not their first language, obviously. So my hands was all over the place, and. <laughs> But my energy level, and it's at three a.m. By the way, when I <laughs> used to teach, because it's that time for them. And let me tell you, I learn so much about my strengths and weaknesses for sure, right? Like、mm-hmm. we really need to reevaluate that. And I like that. So my my, I'm I'm curious person. So now I'm curious. How did you go from like okay teaching to like oh I'm gonna help women with their eating issues? Like how did you pick that topic? Because hey. I used to be an emotional eater. Starting in sixth grade, I, I mean, I didn't know that's what I was doing, but I turned to food to soothe my soothe myself.、Um, you know, just the container of growing up wasn't supporting me in the way I totally needed it, and so I turned to food、um, to soothe myself and literally stuffed down my emotions with food, and it kept going from sixth grade through my teens, through my twenties, and, and my Third, you know, my thirties, and I was putting on weight. I had health problems from it. I still didn't really get that it had to do with the emotional part. I really was connected to the food. I thought, like, I had, I had extra weight on my body. I thought I needed to get this weight off of my body so my health will feel better. I'll feel, you know, I'll feel happier. So I was trying to find the right diet, or I was trying to find the right way of eating, or try to exercise more. And none of it was working. And then a friend said to me she was worried about me, and I didn't hide. I said yes, she's right. So I say that's my first yes to myself. And then from there,、um, I'm giving the short story version. And from there, I ended up enrolling in a course that another friend was taking called the Healers Program. And because I just wanted to feel better, and the mentor again, that connection piece we're talking about, like、mm-hmm. I met him, and instantly I felt connected and supported, and felt hopeful of possibilities. And I think that's the thing: like we have to keep the hope alive in our clients and in our students of the possibility of learning or changing or transforming. So I said yes to myself again and stepped into his course. For a year, but then I took his second part of the course for two years, and that's when I and his course wasn't for emotional eaters. It was around emotional wellness and and food wellness, and and but he, I was so disconnected from myself from those decades of stuffing food, you know, stuffing my emotions down with food, that he held the space for me to open up. And get back in connection with myself, be able to honor my feelings, honor my truths, speak my truth. It's still a journey. Like I, you know, I think life's a journey through all this. People saw me, my colleagues in school, and parents in school.、Um, I'm sure the students saw it too, but they didn't necessarily say something. But people saw me like changing. They saw the weight coming off, but also like I had this glow, this like. Energetic glow that I didn't have before because I was actually happy and feeling good about myself, and I wasn't before. So the people were like, "What are you doing?" Because and they expected me to say, "Oh, I'm on this diet or that diet." I'm、yeah. like, "Oh, I'm doing a lot of emotional growth and small changes to my food." And 
So the staff at school and my families and friends started seeing me as a resource. Mm-hmm. They would come to me around food wellness and and then it would ooze into emotions because when you talk about food wellness, it connects to emotions. And then at a certain point, I realized, I was like, oh, I, I found really something. Like talking about this yeah. and helping people with this and people see me as a resource. And that's when I started getting the idea of like, I'm starting to feel burnt out on teaching elementary school. Here's another possibility. I love that. I like, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I'm an emotional <laughs> person. I can't help myself. I'm so emotional. It's not even funny. Oh, uh, um, you're talking to somebody who's all about emotions. All emotions. I know. Emotions. No, see, <laughs> I, I, I know this might be personal and a lot of people are listening to this, but I'm just going to say there's, there was a lot of issues last year for me, and but it was the most highlighted part of my career. So I'm still grateful. But at the same time, there was so much, like, I would say 70% to 80% of my year last year was all about deaths in the family. Mm, um, and my daughters had some issues when it comes to emotions and COVID and it just brings things and you know, when when you actually go through so much all at once, it's just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, now what? Am I doing the right thing? Am I making a difference? I, is there, I, th- I feel like most teachers, we do it because we love helping people. Not because right. we're going to be rich. It's not going to happen, right? But we're right. really rich. We are. Because we have that human connections and we make a difference. Even if it's we have 8,000 students and only one life we changed, we had one life changed. Mm-hmm. And that can have a ripple effect. And hopefully that one life change, change another life and another life and another life, right? We don't know. Yeah. We and don't know. No, we don't know. And when someone tells you, like, literally this podcast was going to end in May of last year. I actually did it for my for my students and for my faculty when I was a dean at a university. And I was seeing, like, you know, faculty quitting and students quitting. I'm thinking, okay, retention. Hello, CJ, you know, and my girlfriend's like, Hey, um, she's actually on the other side of the world. And she's like, Hey, you know, I saw this thing, um, about podcasting. It's a lot. The school can connect. And I'm like, girl, I do not know anything about audio video. And she's like, well, there's YouTube university, you know, like, so I was like, okay, fine. I'll go to YouTube university. And she's like, you know, you'll find something. And literally I spent 80 hours trying to research. Cause my mantra is go big or go home. CJ, go big or go home, right? You either do it right or don't do it at all. That's how I do it. I don't do halfway through. I don't know how to do halfway through. So I did it um, and I was hesitant. And then I started like February dapping into it. And then March, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the students and, you know, and tell the, the student how, you know, their teachers are going through the pandemic and we're go- all going through pandemic and be nice to each other and have empathy. And because all I hear was negativity. Right. And so I did the podcast for my students. When I quit being a dean, I'm like, OK, now I'm going to quit this podcast. It was for them. And when you mm. get an email from somebody, you have no idea who it is from the other side of the world saying you made a difference in my life because of this one podcast. How do you stop? Oh, has the chills from that. How do you stop? Yeah, right. You're like, you saved my life. You gave me hope to do better than be dependent on, on somebody. And I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't even know that happened. Right. And 
That's one thing I love is that possibilities and hope that you said you were talking about. So my next question to you is, how do you stay inspired? <laughs> Community and connection. Like I, I surround myself. I have my business buddies, you know, um, some are, most are online, but a few are in person who I get to like bounce ideas around and talk about or be like, oh, I failed at this. But I'm going to tell you have any ideas, you know, that type of thing, um, which is the same thing in elementary school teaching. Like we'd go next door to the classroom next door and be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Or, Do you have an idea about this student or this didn't really work or, you, you know, or a curriculum idea? So same kind of thing. And um, self-care is the other thing. So that was another big piece of why um, I wanted want to leave elementary school teaching is because I, I was having a hard time with the self-care I needed. So I make sure like that is for me, I have to every day. You know, I do daily stretching. I go for a walk every day. Um, you know, I make sure I'm eating healthy. So I just do some of my self-care every day. But that helps me stay inspired because I'm able to feel good. Um, emotionally and I love learning I think most teachers love learning so I take courses or mini workshop or you know something like that to keep me inspired and learning also but the big thing is the community and connection I love that I think throughout this conversation I hear you say that all the time and when I think about it you're right because sometimes there's days where you're like oh I don't want to do anything but I know yeah, I have to and, do something you're home alone in front of your computer you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I do need to be alone. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I just don't want to do anything. And then, you know, I have four dogs and they're like barking. I'm like, oh, OK, let's go walk, you know, and and they're my therapy because honestly, I learn so much from my dogs. It's not even funny. I do. I watch them. Yeah. I pay attention. And the other one, you know, she she's just don't care she don't care if you're big or small if she wants something she'll take it and i was like you know i need to be more like my dog if i want something i'm just gonna take it you know and my husband's like you can't just take things i'm like not that way i'm talking about like the possibilities and the hopes you know like and he's like okay i just want to make sure you're still human like <laughs> you know and animalistic th thoughts and you know all these things that you're trying new i'm like no, not that way, you know, but I went through this emotional stuff. I think I feel like I, my, I started my business in August of last year about transferable skills because you mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation that, you know, there when you go to college, you don't learn this transferable skills to be employable. And I have taught college now for 10 years and I know because I also was a dean and I do curriculum, but there's only so much you can do and change even if you want to because we mm -hmm. have WASC, we have DEAC, right? And so yeah. they give that rigid things that they need. It's been tradition for hundreds of years like that, I guess. And so instead of me going to that flow, I'm like, what if I create my own classes and program and take everything that my student says that they would love to have in a class and add transferable skills like learning style? Imagine if everyone knows your learning style. Everyone knows yeah. how to do conflict management. Everyone knows your leadership style because everyone literally is a leader. It's just a matter of how you lead yourself and exactly. others and know 
all of those things as a tool in your toolbox so that when you need it, you just pull it out, right? Rather than not knowing what ha- what's happening. And also it helps you with your career or your business. So that's why I created Level Up Academy. I'm like, today we're leveling up. What do you want to learn, right? And I love that. So my next question to you is, what kind of tips would you provide for teachers who's actually thinking of transitioning to owning their own business? Okay, one is, is think back to the beginning of school when you first, your first couple of years and remember how hard that is. That's how hard it's going to be on some level starting your business. So you need to just be willing to lean into that, get yourself the support you need, the community you need, um, and bring your passion with you. Because in the beginning years of teaching, you had a deep passion. That's why you stepped into you know to teaching whatever grades you're teaching. So bring those two things you've already experienced because that's transferable. You know you can do it. You know you have the tenacity because it takes that to be an elementary and well not just elementary school teacher but any age you know teacher educator. And then also that passion. If you're not feeling it for teaching in the um, mainstream system anymore but that passion you know you had from the beginning and then the other thing is um you know just like you had to do in the classroom you had to be a learner even though you were the leader of the classroom you had to be like okay i'm going to try teaching it this way oh next time i teach it i have to tweak it this way so it's the same thing like if you're giving a talk or a presentation or a workshop you know, for your business so people can get to know you and understand what you do. First time you do it, it's probably not going to be so great, just like the first time you taught that social studies lesson. But the second time you tweak it, it gets a little better. So it's really so transferable in that way. And to hold yourself in a lot of compassion. That's the other thing. Because we want it to be instantaneous, and it's not. It's a journey, and you need to be able to ride the ups and downs. Like, being an entrepreneur makes you have to do some of your inner emotional growth work. Yeah. And the other thing is, is also, I would say, somehow make sure you have a financial safety net in whatever way that is for yourself so that you're not in constant fear and worry about the money piece. So, you know, and there's like 5,000 different ways to do that. So, but really, you know, figure out how to make that happen. And if that means you have to stay in teaching for a while, maybe you can find another school that's a better fit for you, you know, because there are different schools. Some schools, you know, are amazing schools to be in. Um, So that might be an option or find a half-time job or I don't know. There's just like, you know, or maybe you have, there's somebody else in your household who has an income that can carry you for a while. I don't know. There's a gazillion ways. But, you know, if you walk in being already in fear around the money piece, it will be hard to be in your best emotional space to create your business. Yeah, it takes a while to, you have to literally crawl before you run. And once you're there and ready to run, don't run and scale up so fast that you miss everything else in that journey. That's just for me anyway. I've seen so many people scale up so fast during the pandemic and now they're flat. Meta has done it. 11,000 people. Imagine 11,000 lives. You're just like, goodbye. 
right? <laughs> I mean, Amazon did too with the Alexa group. I mean, there's a lot of people who scale up. That's why I'm like scale with pace, like pace yourself on scaling because these are lives that you're actually, you know, making sure that they also can feed their family because they're dependent on that job, right? And we all right. are. So in, in a way, we're doing a community service for everyone to like just scale down, you know, slow down. Now, my last question of the day, not forever, just for this conversation. <laughs> change begins within you. Use compassion to change your world and ultimately our world. So Paula, how do you hope to change the world? What a good question. Great quote. My real hope out of all of it is, is that as I'm helping women end emotional eating, and this is, it's really not about the ending the eating. It's real, that part, it's really about finding yourself and finding joy in life and finding connection to yourself so that you can then spread that to other people. And that's the same thing with Ella, when I was teaching elementary school. It's like I wanted each kid to feel good about even the subjects that were harder for them and know that they had the possibility and that they could stay connected to themselves and not lose themselves at, mm -hmm. or get so stressed that, you know, they didn't feel like they were capable of learning that top subject. You know, like I want people to just feel good. The more we're feeling good, mm -hmm. the more it, I think it will transform our whole collective energy. So we need that glowing face, just like Paula. She's like, I'm glowing. I got it going on. I got my thoughts and emotions separated today. We're good. <laughs> we need to be that. I actually just took um, a cognitive behavior therapy coach practitioner class so I can help myself and help others, right? I'm like, I need to yeah. like really understand what's happening here because sometimes yeah. you're so busy on honing in some other skills that literally the skills that you need as a basic is not there, you know? <laughs> and you're like, yeah. wait. I got to talk to myself or self what's happening today, right? right. Wow. So, and that's, and I, you know, I said it's not about food, but actually food is our fuel. And mm -hmm. I strongly believe what you put in your mouth makes a difference to how your brain thinks. It makes a difference to your capabilities for learning, your capabilities for leading or building your business because it's your fuel. So mm -hmm. if you're right, you put bad fuel in the car, it doesn't work very well, it doesn't run at all. So it's the same thing with food. If we put food in our bodies and it's full of chemicals or you know processed things or laden with sugar, it, it makes it so we get bogged down physically and emotionally and yeah know, gets in our way. That's so. true. Because I think also with age, I feel like now that I'm mature woman, that's not my my girlfriend calls me mature woman. Um, when I, I'm Asian, okay? So I eat rice. Like, hello, I grew up with rice. But now I feel like when I eat rice, my body doesn't process it well because I'm sleepy, right? And it's like too much carbs. But when I eat just like a sandwich or a salad with maybe like couscous in there or something, I don't feel so sleepy, Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, OK, now I'm trying to figure it out. And if I drink too much or caffeine or chocolate, I get super bad migraine. It's like your body's telling you stop. 
Stop abusing me. Literally, I'm only one person trying to process millions of things in your body. So I'm glad that you said that. And thank you so much for changing lives. And it's so different for each person what Mm. food works for their bodies and what doesn't. True. I I eat rice and my body's like, woohoo. So (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I need rice though. Like I can't live without it. Just like soy sauce. When it's too much soy, my whole entire face just gets so big and I'm like, oh. And I'm growing up with that. I'm like, what? So I do it like two, three times a week instead of like three times a day, you know, you just need to kind of balance things out a little bit because you do need that balance just like anything else in life. Any last minute thing that you would like our listeners to get out of this conversation in in terms of emotional wellness? We all hit roadblocks in our emotions like that's part of being human we all have places where we get stuck and we tend to run from it for me it was turning to food you know for different people it might be some other advice or something and find the support you deserve to with some mentor or you know some kind of person coach you know, who can, who's a good match for you and can help you expand your capacity to feel all the different feelings and to be able to navigate tricky situations when they come up. Because it's just part of being human. We're taught to just ignore the tricky feelings. And I think to me, that's actually a big piece of what's missing in that school system curriculum mm-hmm. is social skills and feelings and how to navigate them. So, yeah. So my motto is you deserve to eat healthy. You deserve to think healthy. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for today. I appreciate you coming over. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ruin, for having me on. All right. It's a pleasure. Before we end, actually, I wanted to my listeners to know where to find you and if you have a website in case they do want to talk and chat. Okay, great. So um, those of you who are emotional eaters and are women, the best place to find me is in my free Facebook group. It's called End Emotional Eating Sisterhood. And I share a lot of content in there and I go live and I answer questions and I make connections with you. So (laughs) reach on out and we'll connect. And then the other places are all my name. You can look in the show notes, but it's Polly Yoles. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn um, just by putting in my name. Perfect. And Paula is P-A-U-L-A. And last name is Y-O-L-L-E-S. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at levelupbydoclelan.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.